Hello, this is Leslie Gibson of Just the Freedom. Uh, we are proud to be a part of the Black History Tours new Block Talk Radio show. I'm, I'm elated to have my host, Jamal Brown, uh, the creator of the Black Facts History Calendar. Uh, he can tell you more about his calendar later. But, Jamal, uh, are you on the line? I'm here, yes. Happy to be here. All right. Would you please introduce the show? And I'm so proud of you. And I look forward to listening. Great. Yes, as our fabulous producer mentioned, my name is Jamal Brown. I'm here on the West Coast, uh, California, the Los Angeles area, um, where I've been a resident. Uh, Black history is my passion. As she indicated, I created a calendar that highlights an event every single day in black history. People can no longer claim ignorance when it comes to the contributions that individuals of African descent have made throughout the country. Uh, every single day uh, You can find more about the calendar uh, online And uh, that's that uh, Want me to go ahead and read today's Black Fact, Leslie? Yes, yes I'm, oh. I'm not online any longer Okay, okay uh, Today being Wednesday, July 13th Black Fact of the Day is Whites in New York began a four-day riot And protest of being drafted into the Union forces To defend some of the ideals that the Union had on this day in 1863. As Leslie indicated, we are uh, scheduled to have a few guests on the line um, with the Black with the Black History Tour. We are looking to speak with Miss Angela Kaiser. Hopefully, I'm not saying her last name incorrectly. In addition to Miss uh, Sylvia, Doctor Sylvia Frey. Let me just read a little bit about their background. Uh, Angela Kaiser uh, says here, uh, angered by human rights injustices uh, and uncovered in their exploration of chattel slavery in in a U.S. history class, uh, students at the Metropolitan Learning Center, a magnet school in Bloomfield, Connecticut, worked with their transatlantic slave trade education project teacher to form an annual abolitionist fair. They also established an after-school club called Student Abolitionists Stopping Slavery, dedicated to doing something about the rise of contemporary slavery. Their civic actions have produced surprising results. The UNESCO Transatlantic Slave Trade Education Project, TST for short, was established in the United States a decade ago by founding charter coordinator Dr. Sylvia Frey uh, at Tulane University in New Orleans, Louisiana following the invitation of a Paris UNESCO association. The TST Education Project, through its participating teachers, has heightened the profile of creative instructional methods of integrating scholarship about the transatlantic slave trade, its history, and its legacy into current curriculums worldwide. They said they'd like to answer the question, but what does slavery have to do with me? Again, we're excited to have them on, and it looks like we have a caller. Let me see. Who we have on the line? Caller uh, from the 904 area code. Are you with us? Yes. This is Sherry Dupree with um, UNESCO TST, and we have the two ladies here for interview. Awesome, awesome. We are on. So, Dr. Dr. Frey, are you there? Yes. Yes. Fantastic, fantastic. This is the host, Jamal Brown. It's a pleasure to have you on the line. And I want to make sure I'm not saying Miss Angela's last name 
incorrectly, so if you want to say that for me. It's Kaiser, and it's also Dr. Sylvia Fry. Fry, I'm sorry, and I was saying Kaiser (laughs) correctly. How are you ladies doing today? Fine, thank you. Awesome, awesome. I understand that you all are presently in Florida on the tour. Is that correct? Oh, we yes. certainly are. Yes. yes. And being, awesome, awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. Awesome. Thank you Give so us- much for sharing your wonderful state history with us. We're glad certainly. to be here. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So for the callers out there who may not know about the tour we just referenced, give us a brief rundown of the tour, how long it's been going on, and what you all have uh, experienced today. Well, we started the tour on Sunday evening, and we have been, well, let's see, we began in Tampa, we've been to Tallahassee, we've come completely across the state to this morning we were at Fort Mose in St. Augustine this afternoon, uh, and the tour continues tomorrow and Friday. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a pretty general uh, view overview of the history of uh, Afro Floridians. Awesome, awesome. Fort Mose. What is the significance there? What was talked about, uncovered, and uh, again discussed there uh, today? Well, it's the oldest free black settlement in the United States, and it's just opened, as I understand it, in the last three months. And what we saw of it, they opened it especially for us so that our group would have the opportunity to see uh, what they've done. It's being operated by the National Park Service, and I'm a colonialist, so I was very impressed with what I saw. I think they did. They've done a beautiful job. The setting is beautiful. The facilities are lovely. And we had an excellent tour this morning. Of a very historic site, one of the most historic sites in the United States, not only in Florida, but in the United States as well. So we were very impressed with what we saw, and I think uh, the students who were with the group were especially impressed. We had a demonstration of uh, uh, reenactors loading a flintlock musket and, and firing. And so we were all impressed with that, as well as the as everything else that was presented to us. That is awesome. For those of us less fortunate who are unable to be on the tour, if you could just take a few moments and sort of be our eyes and ears as to what was uh, what else took place today. Well, this after, after we visited Fort Mose, we were given a very extensive tour of civil rights sites in in Lincolnville. I mean, it was an extensive trolley tour. And so I think everybody came away very, very impressed with what we've seen, uh, with what's happening here in St. Augustine in in terms of the preservation of black culture and history. Mm -hmm. And may I just add, as a northerner, um, it was an eye-opener for me especially to realize uh, the volume of civil rights activities that took place in Florida. In our understanding of the civil rights movement in the North, we look towards Mississippi, Alabama, and Georgia. We don't really look further south. And to mm-hmm. see that there was so much, uh, so many contributions made personally 
by people here in Florida, some of whom we had the opportunity to meet at the unveiling of a monument in the uh, square in St. Augustine this afternoon. Where, who, were some uh, of those, who were some of those individuals me? that you? Who were some of those individuals that you had to meet? And if you could just um, give us your name and title once again. Well, my name is Angela Kaiser, and mm-hmm. I'm a curriculum specialist at the Robotics Institute at Carnegie Mellon University in Pittsburgh. Got it, got it. And again, who were some individuals you all had the pleasure of meeting today? Pardon me? Errol Jones, I believe, and um, the county commissioner. There were um, people who were uh, grouped under the title of, uh, what, what was the title? Pardon my fumbling. I don't have my notes in front of me. I Not a problem. Not a problem. Yeah. But, um, well, these women have been working together, this is Sherry Dupree, for over seven years, and they raised over $75,000 to set up a civil rights uh, monument, and the monument is in place, so they dedicated that monument this morning. It has four people on there, and these are four unknown faces to show the struggle and the known and unknown people who were involved in civil rights in St. Augustine. And this was in 1964 when Martin Luther King was here, and they had riots and uh, other situations that were very intolerable. Also, some of the people got a chance to walk the footprints of Andrew Young. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew Young was beaten four, three or four times, and each time he would get up and try to walk, and he would get beaten down again. And then finally he was able to get out of the situation he was in, and they have a walkway where you can step in his footprints as he was trying to get away from the struggles here in St. Augustine, Florida. And if I can interject just to say some of the students who are with our group, I noticed that they were trying to walk in his footsteps. So it's a very Literally, huh? Literally. Literally. Yes, literally. It's a very moving experience for the kids who are on this group as well as for the adults, their parents, the teachers who are with us. It's an extraordinary opportunity, and I don't know if it was coincidental or if it's planned by our organizers. Mrs. Dupree is the principal person to thank for all of this, but it was a, it was a happy coincidence, whatever. That sounds like some powerful stuff indeed. Uh, give us a sense of how many people or were present today, uh, you know, a part of the trip, and, again, the uh, sort of the makeup of the group there, how, about how many students versus adults, uh, teachers, educators, et cetera. Just again, if you can give us a brief overview of the uh, makeup of your group. Yes, the makeup of the group, around 15 students, high school, middle school, and one or two elementary we have two high school students from Chicago who came down to visit. And our high school students, middle school and, low, and uh, lower level, are honor students. These students are in to learn as much as possible. They're taking notes. They are really asking questions that stimulate thinking, critical thinking. So we've enjoyed having them on the tour. Now, for the educators, we have uh, high school, middle school teachers. Um, we have project directors. We have two city commissioners on here um, who can go back and infuse some of this information into community activities. And we have a few volunteers as well. We have business people on here. One lady has a seamstress shop 
but she is very involved in education throughout her community. Another lady is a writer and has written books on uh, subjects relating to minorities, and she uses a pseudonym for her writing. Also, she has a business. So we have been really blessed. Uh, we have a minister on board, an AME Methodist. <laughs> so we have a hodgepodge of people, high, uh, oh, college professors. We've got a few of those on board as well. So it, it's a hodgepodge, everything from students to adults. That's awesome. The and a very, students that congenial, are, a very congenial group, I might add. That is awesome. The students that uh, were fortunate to make the trip, how were they selected, chosen, or, again, if you, uh, how did they – uh, come to participate. Uh, the teachers pretty much selected the students from some of their activities, some from student council, um, and the teacher uh, would ask the parents, those in student council that were willing to go. One or two parents even called and wanted their students to go, but they had to go through the schools and through the teachers and through the mm -hmm. clubs that are in the schools. And got they it, were selected that, that method. Uh huh. Awesome. All right. If my math is correct, uh, I believe you all indicated that this is day four of the trip. Uh, what? Uh, give us a brief rundown of the uh, highlights of the trip thus far, some of the most uh, intriguing, emotional, and just overall deep things that uh, have been revealed and encountered on the trip thus far. Well, it, I guess it depends on your own personal interests. My, uh, my research field, I'm a professor of history emerita at Tulane University in New Orleans, and my own personal high point was visiting Fort Mose this morning. I've read about it, I've studied it, I've taught it, but I never had the opportunity to visit it in person, and this morning was the first opportunity for me. So it's a very powerful experience, and uh, Angela probably has a different uh, high point. Before we transition, yes. Dr. Kaiser, um, Dr. Fry, if you could tell us um, w the, I guess, similarities and differences from learning about Fort Mose from a theoretical perspective or, you know, through through books as opposed to actually seeing it, feeling it. Again, if you could uh, just give us the, the, the similarities and differences there. Well, I can tell you as an historian, every time that I write about uh, the past, I try to visit the place because you get a sense of intimacy by being there, by seeing. In the case of, of, of Fort Mose, what's especially powerful is seeing the landscape and uh, being able to relate it. It's just simply the, the sense of intimacy that, uh, that now I go away, I have a vision in my own head of what it looks like, and I can communicate that far better than I could simply reading a description in a textbook. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I, I want to mention one other thing. We also had a student who's writing a dissertation who was on board this morning asking questions. And uh, she was there for uh, not only our tour, but she was also available for the heroic story of the St. Augustine, what they call foot soldiers. This is the Civil Rights Act of uh, 1964. And uh, we got a chance to ride with her on the tram, and she asked questions about this particular group, and she was going to compare that in her write-up. So we had an opportunity to have her on board this morning. People came out to see what was happening because when people start gathering, others want to know what the gathering for. What's going and, on, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, people are that way, and this is a tourist area. 
So, you know, people, a guy on the motorcycle stopped and told us, oh, yeah, they're dedicating a monument over there. (laughs) (laughs) So it was fun just to see the people and the interest that they had in what was happening. Uh, I, I would just like to add one of the high points for me so far on this trip uh, was yesterday when we came into Jacksonville and had the opportunity to tour the La Villa Ritz Theater Museum complex. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw, yes, <laughs> we saw the uh, wonderful um, James Weldon Johnson uh, um, animatronics uh, exhibition where he tells his story and the broader context of um, the African-American story um, there. I think uh, the way that the presentation um, was set up and the type of the, the, the nature of the exhibit, an animatronics exhibit where it actually looked like James Weldon Johnson was addressing us, uh, was engaging for everybody in our tour. So before we're I let you go, about, before I let you go further, now are we talking about a hologram here, or what? What, what exactly is it? No, Again, it, it was it, actually. It, it, if you um, have, uh, have you been to Disneyland? Yes. Okay, and Disney World. Um, they uh, have it, Walt Disney has a "It's a Small World" exhibition, mm-hmm. and he has life-size, uh, animated, um, their human figures, and okay, they move statues, in statues. a human way. They're moving statues. Yeah, they're articulated. Life-size and moving. Yeah, they're articulated. They're not statues because they're certainly not um, stationary. Rigid, they right. are moving. Yeah, they're moving. And um, you see them behind a scrim. So you actually, it just you you can hardly divorce yourself from the fact that they aren't alive because that James they Gordon are. Johnson wasn't right there, right? <laughs> that yes, is amazing. Yes, and I, and I thought it was a wonderful presentation because they had uh, behind behind James Weldon Johnson, who was at a desk writing and pausing and looking directly at us and telling us a story. There was a video screen behind his head that was uh, showing clips of reference to whatever portion of his life story and experiences he was sharing with the audience. And it was just, there was a hush in our group, and I'm sure we weren't atypical. It was very Mm -hmm, typical. mm -hmm. And aside from, it really was, aside from the, the creativeness of that presentation, for me in particular, being in that theater was exciting because I grew up in Harlem, and my frame of reference for an entertainment theater was the Apollo Theater. And it's just wonderful for me to see that the great memories of wonderful entertainment that I experienced growing up in Harlem were be, were available to the kids who were down here in Jacksonville going to the Ritz Theater to see their famous famous artists. Probably we shared the same uh, entertainment taste to see the performers come through here. So that was particularly meaningful for me. That is beautiful. And, again, that exhibit is at the uh, Lavelle Ritz uh, Theater there in uh, Jacksonville. Is that correct? Yes, and and I'm sure that they would welcome with open arms, as they did us, anyone who cares to not just drop in and see an exhibit, but join, join and take out a membership and support 
a place like that. I think that that's that's something else that that stood out in our in our experience here in Florida is what can be accomplished with community support and local support and commitment. You have wonderful things here to offer. I want to mention also the baseball exhibit. They have a new exhibit up of uh, baseball players, Negro League, and other sports entities here in Florida, and it is a beautiful exhibit. They have a section dealing with baseball, football, uh, tennis, and other activities that have occurred in Florida and some of the leaders of these activities. So that's their new exhibit right now at the Villa. Awesome. Awesome. Um, what has been you all's participation on the trip thus far? Are you all just sort of there taking it all in, or are you all contributing to uh, uh, the stories, the message, the history, and things that are being uh, brought forth? Well, both Angela and I made presentations at, at Sherry Dupree's invitation. I talked, I gave a lecture, a, a PowerPoint lecture on Monday on the on celebrating the diaspora, which was essentially a discussion of and an interactive discussion to which the students contributed in a very, very moving and and powerful way about the contribution of African Americans not only to the economies of the Atlantic world but also to the culture, to the to intellectual traditions, uh, to the whole gamut. And mm-hmm. so it was, uh, yes, that was our contribution. Angela gave a presentation last night that blew our audience away. She can tell you about it herself. Please, but, please do, uh, please do. Gosh, my modesty is kind of, <laughs> I need to, <laughs> I'm choked Feel free up. to let the hair down, feel free to let the hair down. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I had the opportunity to talk to our group um, about two things, really, um, about what teens that I have worked with in New England could do in terms of an action step to do something about the issue of modern slavery. Um, Mm -hmm. We've been working within the TST, and TST is Transatlantic Slave Trade Education Project. We've been working in the United States on integrating information and scholarship about the transatlantic slave trade into what's being taught in our schools in the humanities within the areas of history, social studies, but also English and the sciences. And my experience of working with school systems, um, in particular I came across one school where the students, after they had had a unit of um, history and study on the transatlantic slave trade, they wanted to have a discussion because they raised the question, how could people allow something as brutal as as slavery to happen to other human beings. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that they wanted to, to, to discuss was what, why do we have to learn this history? And they asked their teacher, um, Mrs. Wendy Nelson Kaufman, and I say her name because I think she's an outstanding teacher. Um, they asked her, can, can we talk about this? And she said, sure. She arranged a classroom for them and she got them some refreshments and sat with them and they talked amongst themselves that, you know, that was a terrible thing. That meaning the institution of slavery and the existence of slavery 
as we know it in the Atlantic world was an awful thing to happen and how could people of moral standing allow something like that to happen and Mrs. Nelson Kaufman listened and listened and when she had the opportunity to say something she said well it's quite uh, amazing that you have that kind of feeling about something that happened a while ago but are you aware of the fact that slavery still exists now and that there are approximately 27 million people that are held in forced bondage worldwide. And the kids were flabbergasted. You know, how could that be happening now? That's impossible. We don't see people uh, that resemble our concept of enslaved people in our towns. We don't see people with chains and people in, in coffles. We don't see that. So she had the opportunity to talk with them about they don't have to look like that to have their free will subjugated. And the result of that discussion was they said they wanted to take action. And what they did was they decided that they wanted to form an after-school club with the initials SASS, S-A-S-S, Student Abolitionists Stopping Slavery. Mm. And they wound doing an awful lot of things. They had a fundraiser. They um, made presentations um, in front of some committees at the United Nations. Um, They made uh, an abolitionist fair at their school where they had information that they had researched about uh, historical slavery and modern slavery. And they invited the, uh, this was a, a high school, they invited middle schools and elementary schools in their region to bring their kids to see this fair that they had established, this information fair about slavery. And they wound up making a video, and the video explains all the facts of modern slavery. So that was my presentation. I'm sorry for taking up so much time. No, not a problem, not a problem at all. Very fascinating stuff. Just as an aside, I guess, where is it that we see the largest concentration of present-day slavery uh, on the on the planet? It's from all your over research. the world. It's all over the world, uh, from Nepal, all over Asia, all over Africa, here in the United States. It's all over the world. It's not limited to any one place. Uh, the victims are men and women and children, boys and girls of all ages, but primarily young people who are utilized and exploited as sex slaves. Uh, But not only sex slavery, but there are different kinds of slavery. Labor slavery, migrant workers who work under the most awful conditions. Uh, It's a worldwide phenomenon. The difference, and this question came up last night, what's the difference between slavery in the past and modern forms of slavery. And the difference in in the two forms is that the one that ended in the 19th century, what we are studying in the Transatlantic Slave Trade Education Project, is was racial slavery. That is, it was established in law, and it applied specifically to people of African descent. Uh, it was legal, in other words, legal that it, to the extent that it was established in law. Modern mm-hmm. forms of slavery are not legal. In most countries, they are illegal forms of slavery, but they are not enforced. Right, so right. It, uh, but it's a phenomenon that is worldwide. 
Right. It sounds like this tour is definitely doing its part and in inspiring, uplifting, and definitely educating the the participants. That's awesome. Uh, I got I got my that's awesome. I got my hands on a copy of you all's agenda. Let me just take a glance here at some things that are coming up tomorrow. Uh said you all are scheduled to uh, take a dr- driving tour through uh, Jackie Robinson's baseball stadium there in Daytona, uh, arrive at uh, Bethune-Cookman University, um, arrive at the uh, Harry T. Moore Museum. Uh, then you'll be taking a guided drive through a historic African-American community, then arrive at the Wells's Built Museum of African American History there in Orlando. We have about we have just about a minute and a half left. What left on the schedule uh, has you all's interest? What what left on the schedule um, again is something that you are looking forward to? Well, we're looking forward to all of these things, especially the Heritage Moore Museum. Those people are going all out for us when we go there. They are so happy that we are coming because we're not getting very much participation at the museum. The schools are not using them, so they want us to come and then go out and spread the word and bring more people into that particular museum and share the Heritage Moore story. Now, Heritage mm-hmm. Moore was the principal, and he was killed in 1951. He and his wife, uh, what they were in their bed on Christmas night, and the bomb went off under the bed, uh, under the house, really, and destroyed both of them. So that was the tragedy of that story. Uh, before we run out of time, can I just say one thing? This is Sylvie Fry. Uh, yes. Sherry Dupree and the organizers of this tour have done an incredible job by coordinating, creating really a network of cultural institutions, of museums and archives and public officials. It's extraordinary what they have managed to do. And it's the, the contributions of commercial institutions is amazing. I've never seen anything quite like it. So I want to tip my hat to them publicly. Sherry didn't know I was going to say this, but I insist <laughs> on saying publicly because it's really a remarkable achievement. I appreciate that. We have a few seconds left. Please give us the way to uh, get some more information about the tour and perhaps how we can participate next year. Okay, next year you definitely can participate. We plan two more tours, one to the Panhandle, uh, Florida, and then also one to Southern Florida and all the way down to the Florida Keys. And we will take one segment of the state at a time, and, of course, we will have another week's tour as we're planning. Also, we're going to work with the public schools through the um, Florida African-American Task Force, which I am a member, and we're working to infuse this into our educational programs, into all subject fields. And mm-hmm. what we're gathering now, of course, will go into the history, social sciences, but also we'll go into the science and math and other areas so that we can feel that we are being covered in a positive way throughout the school systems in Florida. This is K through 12. We're also working with the uh, colleges, the black colleges, and making sure that we are able to communicate with them, with the student teachers and so forth. We don't want to forget black history tours because they are the ones that made this possible. They set the hotels up for us. They got the business partnerships that we could not get and made it work. And these business people are really interested in seeing this grow in the state of Florida. They say it's time to stop dealing with certain aspects of history, deal with all aspects 
primary, secondary, and the hidden history of Florida. Mm-hmm. We want to bring it forward in a positive way so that we can grow. Florida A&M University is one of our main institutions, Bethune-Cookman College, Edward Waters, um, and Memorial, Florida Memorial. These colleges we are working with to have the black entity represented. Beautiful, beautiful. Any contact information you all want to provide? Uh, yes, um, we can be located in Gainesville, Florida. My phone number is area code 352-281-2286. And this is a project with Sherry Dupree and Annette Shakif. Annette went with us last year to England, to Bristol for UNESCO, and she is also located here in Florida. She teaches at Florida A&M University. And uh, I can share with you the email addresses later if you'd like to take those off the air. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Give that phone number out one more time, and then we'll end with that. The phone number. Oh, the phone number is area code 352-281-2286. That's my cell phone number. Also, Black History Tours number is 305-754-0981. And they have a second number, 305-753-0139. And contact Eric Albora and let him know that he has put his business out to the public. He has five people that work in his office, and they have worked day and night to make sure everything is correct for our tour. That is beautiful. Well, uh, as I expected, the time would not be enough to cram all this beautiful history and beautiful scenes and experiences that you all have had thus far in. Uh, Hopefully we can uh, catch back up with you guys maybe after the tour and get a recap on how things went. But uh, I would like to thank you for the time that you were able to spend with us and look forward to hearing about the enlightening experiences uh, yet to come. Well, it was a pleasure to talk with you, Mr. Brown. We enjoyed it. Thanks for having us, really. And thanks to you and to your listening audience, Mr. Brown. Yes, and I also thank you, Sherry Dupree. Thank you all. Thank you all. And I'd like to give a quick shout-out to our show's producer, Leslie Gist, uh, as well for, uh, you know, playing a part in making this happen. Well, thanks again. You all enjoy the rest of your day. Thank Good you. Good day. Bye now. Bye. Bye.